0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: Hello, and welcome to the second part of our Sport Horse podcast series, Examining NSAIDs. I'm Nicole Lakin.
0: And I'm Tim Warden. And we can't wait to share today's episode with you.
1: Before we get into it and introduce our guest, um, a few quick uh, housekeeping notes First, I wanted to share with you about the 2022 Equine Regenerative Medicine and Orthobiologics Summit that will be online, presented by the Equine High Performance Sports Group. It will take place from October 3rd to the 25th, featuring all uh, like tons of amazing speak presenters um, talking about you know different research around orthobiologics and regenerative medicine. It also brings together panelists from equine medicine, human medicine, and this year also companion animal medicine um, so that we're really engaging different verticals who are trying to solve similar challenges um, using orthobiologics. Um, And later in today's episode, actually, uh, we'll talk briefly about orthobiologics and their anti-inflammatory effects. So, if you're a veterinarian or just somebody who's really interested in learning more about um, the most up-to-date science and research on, and practice uh, using orthobiologics, head to ehpsg.com. And then you can click on the equine orthobiologics right in the up, upper right-hand corner in the menu. Um, and that'll take you to uh, all the information that you need about registering, about who's speaking, and anything more. As I said, this is our second episode in the series about NSAIDs, our first episode. If you haven't heard it, you should absolutely go back and listen to it with... Dr. Arno Verners. He focused on the pharmaceutical perspective of NSAIDs and how they work in horses. Uh, Today, we're talking to Dr. Philippe Benoit, who's also been a previous guest on the podcast. So also go check out his earlier episode. And just a quick disclaimer, um, Philippe is in high demand, always on the go, most of the time that uh, we speak to him, he tends to be in a moving vehicle. For today's episode, he was standing in one place, but his audio was a little dodgy because he was actually preparing to help some of his uh, patients out. Uh, they are getting ready for an FEI jog and to compete. And so he was at a horse show and there's some background noise and a little bit of wind. Um, so just a heads up about that. Hopefully uh, you can bear with us because it's really, really good content and worth a lesson.
0: Yep. So as Nicole mentioned, our guest today is Philippe. Um, for sure, uh, one of my favorite people to speak with. Uh, as Nicole said, he can be a little bit tough to get a hold of, but if you do get time with him, it's uh, it's just something that I, I really cherish because he has such a unique viewpoint. He he's a student of of equestrian sports. He's uh, an athlete himself from uh, back in the day. Uh, a veterinarian interested in research. So he. Just has a really unique lens and uh, just always has great thoughts. Um, For those who aren't familiar with Philippe, he founded the Equine Clinique de Brevière in 1992 after earning his doctor of veterinary medicine from Alfort Veterinary School, and he also earned a master's in nutrition. Uh, He later went on to earn a diploma from the American College of Sports Medicine and Rehabilitation. Uh, Philippe has served as the team veterinarian for the French jumping team. He's worked for many individual team athletes. Uh, He's a former FEI Veterinary Committee member as well. Uh, He currently consults in sports medicine in California. He's a member of our Equine High Performance Sports Group and also a member of the Sport Horse Research Foundation. So uh, again, a really great perspective. We really think you're going to enjoy his uh, thoughts and his perspective on what is still a little bit of a tough question to unravel. So let's hop right into it. Hey, Philippe, and welcome back to the Sport Horse Podcast.
2: Thank you for having me, Tim and Nicole. I always appreciate it.
0: So, uh, a lot to cover. Really excited to hear your uh, thoughts on some of these questions. We're going to jump right in here, Philippe. In our last episode discussing NSAIDs, we had Dr. Arno Werners discuss inflammation and the decision-making behind using NSAIDs from a pharmaceutical perspective. As a veterinarian practicing primarily sports medicine, and you're working with some of the top horses in the world, Can you talk about the prevalence of inflammation in your equine clients? Is it something top sport horses are commonly struggling with?
2: So Dr. Arno Werner came up with a few points which are very important in the use of NSAIDs. NSAIDs are products, as you know, which are supposed to give an anti-inflammatory action on a human being or a horse. Some of these products on human beings are very well-known and documented to have either a short or long-term effect. Same for the horses. And it could be even worse if you use a steroids because some of them do have like crystals and salts inside, which prolongates the action on a very, very long term. Uh, but if we stick to the NSAIDs, the, the, the Advil of the horse, as you know, is the bute uh, or bute as a lead-in. bute is a product which uh, lasts 24 hours in a system it's a product which tends to last even longer on human beings so that's why we don't use bute for ourselves because it's also a product that can induce kidney failure which does not mean that it does not induce potentially kidney problem on horses on the long run and on the use of on the longer term and that's why in any scenarios on this uh, sport athletes I don't want to use too many NSAIDs. The number one reason is because these horses do travel a lot. And traveling a lot, changing environments, they tend to create more stress to themselves. These are horses, as we know, who are prone to have gastric ulcers, colon ulcers. And if you give them an opportunity to have NSAIDs on a regular basis, even if they show national shows where NSAIDs are authorized, you may enhance the potential um, disease of ulcers in their uh, guts uh, plus you may promote some analgesia of different sorts that you don't have a clue about because your horse may feel wrong and not be exactly the same as it should be and you don't know what's going on because obviously you have been hiding the disease or hiding some MSK issues just because you, you are using some sales. When it comes to FEI horses so the very top level of the sport, uh, looking at championships, FEI, world games, uh, Olympic games. Obviously, this is a moment where you don't want to use any of this product even before because then you don't have any alarm signal. If you have the smoke, you want to see where the fire is coming. That's my way of thinking. So you are basically stopping the smoke. The fire might still be active, and then you don't have any uh, options. You don't know what's going to be because you've been using NSAIDs. And some NSAIDs, as you have heard from Dr. Werner, can have a short-term effect, but they still have an effect, like aspirin. They can have a longer effect, like bute, and when we will talk later about FEI rules, for sure, some of them have a reminiscence, which means they stay long-term into the system, and then you don't know exactly how your horse is you know, coping with this uh, uh, analgesia or an anti-inflammatory effects. These are the main reason I don't want to use NSAIDs on a regular basis and long term on um, high level athletes.
0: Like, just curious to hear your thoughts when you're when you're dealing with a lot of these sport horses. Like, inflammation serves an important role in the body; it's, it's a natural process. It can help with recovery, and then on the flip side, it can get out of control and cause some more issues. Do you have a sense of like what the prevalence of inflammation is like in in the horses you're dealing with? Is it something that is always around or? uh is it does it tend to only pop up when there are issues uh either currently occurring or issues that
2: will be coming down the pipeline yeah, again it's a very good question tim yes uh any athlete is going to be subject to inflammation one day and pain and inflammation as you know are very well connected uh, you may have pain with inflammation you can have pain without inflammation you can have inflammation with pain and you can have inflammation without pain so But because these products do have an analgesic effect and do have an anti-inflammatory effect, it's tough to differentiate both. So let's say you are in pain and you use only morphinics. That's not going to happen on your horse, but you basically are going to take off pain. If you use a a dose of Dorm on a horse who is in pain, it's going to be very effective. It's not going to be anti-inflammatory. So there is ways to, you know, let's avoid pain or avoid inflammation with different types of drugs as long as you know what you're doing. But coming back to your question, yes, these horses have to cope on a regular basis with pain, and it's also a need in a way because they get to be stronger as long as this pain is something that comes and goes with the exercise. So if you work out yourself, you may take maybe an Advil the next day, or you may just say, you know, I'm going to go through that pain, and maybe it's going to be better in 24 hours, which obviously happens for most of us. Uh, maybe you know, when you get closer to 70, 80 years old, you're going to be even more painful if you do this workout. But that's how we also try to cope with all the horses in the ring. And, and I'm happy to give them something so they can still do their job and not being crippled the next day as long as you have a diagnosis. And that's where the whole thing starts. You want to have a diagnosis, you want to have um, a treatment plan, you want to have a rehabilitation plan for every case you have. Therefore, you can manage inflammation, and pain at the same time. If you don't have a diagnosis, there's no way you're going to do the right thing for your horse in terms of managing the pain and inflammation. So it comes back to people needing for these athletes and high-level athletes to know what they are doing, to know very well their horses, to know what are the clinical signs of feet pain or back pain or hock pain before you deal with a treatment which is more accurate and avoid to use too many drugs at a time. That's my goal. Not easy to reach, but that's my goal.
1: So I know this conversation is uh, focused on NSAIDs, but um, I'm just curious if there are alternative um, treatments, therapies, maybe even, you know, non-drug uh, therapies that you are your sort of go-tos for treating um, inflammation in sport horses.
2: So yes, that's a good point, Nicole. Uh, nowadays we are using, as you, as you know, a lot of biologics, So products that you make or use sample from the horse system. So you can use amion, So these are the medically different products. You can use the blood. The blood is giving you some serum and plasma that you can use to re-inject the horse with. So that's mostly product that you do for local injections. You can use stem cell that comes from the horse. It can come from a different animal or different horse. And all these products do have some anti-inflammatory effect as well. So it's not because they are non-NSAIDs, they are they are still having the same uh, possibilities of use. So these are products which end up to be creating similar effects. They look safe because they're from neurons, but they still have a strong analgesic or anti-inflammatory property. So even if you use this product and they look great. These are products you want to use by being very careful anyway, because you could abuse of IRAP, you could abuse of PRP, and you will get in a zone of analgesia and anti-inflammation that could be also, that could be also a problem for the horse in the long term.
1: So coming back a little bit to, uh, what you were saying about, you know, when a, when a human exercises, sometimes they're sore and some people will say, oh, I can sort of ride through the pain and others, um, will say, oh, I need to pop a, an Advil or an aspirin or whatever. Um, similarly with our horses, there's, there's definitely debate and disagreement when it comes to managing inflammation and, and more specifically managing pain in horses, Obviously, horses are individuals, and and they're also going to handle pain differently depending on their their levels of tolerance. And on top of that, you know, on the one hand, we have a duty to keep our equine partners feeling comfortable and happy, and and can often facilitate that. But on the other hand, inflammation and pain exists for a reason. Um, Dr. Werner talked quite a bit about this, um, and and you did a bit. Just just a few minutes ago, so some would argue that by using NSAIDs at every sign of inflammation or discomfort, um, we're, we're we're masking important processes and often causing horses to push past their limits um, or work despite an injury or an infection that's causing the inflammation. So, from an ethical standpoint, how do we unravel this complex topic regarding when NSAIDs should and should not be
2: used? Okay, I think it comes back, it's, it's a very good point, Nicole. This comes back to the question we had before of abusing of certain drugs because you don't know what's going on. And so it goes back to the diagnosis. You know what your horse is having. You can treat properly what's going on with this particular problem. There's there's no recipe. You, know, you can have a horse with a chronic suspensory, which is painful. On the other hand, you can say, well, we can give beauty to this horse every day, or we can try to manage the horse with... Maybe a little bit of butte or maybe a better shoeing, keep some pain as an alarm signal because if this horse chronic suspensory is always under analgesia and always under drugs, this horse is going to basically blow up his suspensory. So that's an example among thousands. But yes, we need to create and promote some inflammation so the cascade of natural anti-inflammatory products that we have in our system can be activated as well. Otherwise. The organism is a kind of a lazy person. It will not do the job. You give me Advil every day, my body is not going to fight against the small amount of inflammation I have, promoting some growth factors activation, promoting some cytokine, and all kinds of different uh, substance that we have in our body, which are capable to fight without using a drug from the outside. And, and this, this can start to avoid these problems by making a better environment for the horse you can say, well, I don't want to use in anymore on my horse, so maybe you find a a less stressful environment for him, a better stall, a nicer uh, footing, uh, all kind of things that you can promote for the horse itself. On the other hand, if you are not careful enough with all these details that uh, can make your horse more comfortable and happier, then you will be in a spot where you want to use NSAID without knowing why. So You want to find this commitment where the use of NSAID is only at the moment where the horse really needs it with a diagnostic you've made, even if it's a general NSAID that you give orally to treat foot pain or hog pain or back pain. And some drugs are better than others for different types of problems. So you can find different types of NSAIDs depending on the problem you're facing. So it comes back to be very clever about what is wrong with my horse So I don't choose a drug, which is basically like uh, sprinkling all kinds of NSAIDs on the whole system without knowing exactly which part of the system is going wrong. Another example is if you have an athlete who is working hard, you're going to have, for example, one product you can uh, find in his system, which is the lactate. So he works hard, the lactate level goes high and you do a workout, and you run, and you maybe do five miles, you're going to have your lactate level going up. Your body needs to have this lactate going up, so it can also fight how to eliminate this lactate. So if you always give something that avoids the lactate to accumulate and avoid this lactate to give like an alarm signal to your muscle, then you can go maybe faster or further, but one day you're going to pay the bill because you are doing something extra which avoids your body to fight with himself and to create an alarm signal of something that could go wrong with your body. So that's why you have all these things in your body that are tiny, you know, smoke alarm, which gives you an idea of where to go and not too far. If you cut and you shut down all these alarms, no chance. And then you again, don't have the right diagnosis and you just have been given product without knowing what's wrong with your horse.
0: Really, really good points, Philippe. Um, just really really nicely uh, outlined, and I really like those examples that you gave us there. Um, I know that NSAID use is something that is also top of mind for the federations in our sport. Uh, some of these ethical considerations about when NSAIDs should be given to horses and, and the timing of that around competition. Uh, if we look at the FEI, what was the en- evolution of their NSAID rule? And what changes are you seeing at the, na- the national federations
2: make as well? The FEI in the 90s, uh, you could still use a bit of bute on a horse who was doing his job. So I have been in that phase when I was a young vet working for the French team and giving away maybe one gram of bute in the evening. The law was pretty clear and the amount of bute you could give was actually pretty small. I don't think it was actually a very good thing to do because I, I don't even think the horses were responding so well then. Uh, like if you give one gram of bute to a 1,400 pounds horse, it does not always make sense. But anyway, you know, it was the feeling that you could do something so... Because the door was open, you would still keep the door open and give what you can give. Part of the story behind is the main sponsor of the FEI then for the World Cup and most of the big shows whereas Volvo, and Volvo is Swedish, and Swedish uh, people and Sweden in general is very strong about using any drugs, especially in sport. Either it's going to be for human sport or for sport involving animals. So. There was a shift, which I guess was a good shift, to go to this, what we call zero tolerance of using any drugs. Now, what happened is the zero tolerance, as you know, is is not fake, but you can do a zero only if you can find the drug in the system. And if this drug is eliminated by the urine or by the blood, it's not the same clearance. And the zero can be different for a horse with the product, and you can sample only blood. Or uh, same product that you can eliminate through the urine, f- and it takes four days to clear. FEI in uh, the 2008 and nine started to think about uh, having a program where they could test all the horses um, and giving this time a list of prohibited substances or um, substances which were banned. So basically, there was two different lists, and this list were authorizing people to have some drugs which were allowed to be given to the horse as long as you knew how much time it was taking for the drug to clear into his system. Uh, This was a good move forward because most of the treating vets had problems then to know what was the real zero tolerance for every common drug we use. Bute was one of them. Aspirin was one of them. Um, Using some dipyrone, which is a product for colic and antispasmodic products. And then we came up to have almost like a, yeah, small emergency that. box of drugs which would authorize us to be giving or something when it happens close yeah. to the show and declare this use of a drug to sure. the life to the show. So this was the way to avoid more problems let's say and be a bit more reasonable using some drugs at some stage closer to the competition. So having said that the USCF um, and the Canadian Federation have a different rule. They use NSAID on a regular basis for the horses which are shown. There is obviously some limitation to that. Four years ago, we could still use two NSAIDs at a time. Now it's only one NSAID. So it's you have to choose your NSAID at the beginning of the week that you show. It could be flunixin, which is known as banamine. It could be bute. Uh, it could be kilofen or kiloprofen. It's the same molecule but you cannot change and use two NSAIDs at a time, or you cannot switch the same way. Otherwise, you're going to have an overlap of drugs at the same time. But this makes people wonder that, you know, if the horse has to go in the ring, I still still can give him some NSAIDs. I still can give him something so he feels more comfortable, which is fine. But for me, there's, again, a potential abuse of using the drug, whatever happens, because we think that the horse is going to be feeling better anyway. And it's not true. If a horse feels great, if he has a good physical exam, if he has a good dynamic exam, if your veterinarian is doing a good job, I don't think you need to have these forces on drugs all the time. Would I give maybe a dose the day before the Grand Prix on the horse doing a UCSCF show, like a 14, 15 years old horse who is a bit sore everywhere because he's 15 just to help him for that class. The answer is yes. Would I give five days in a row just because I think it's going to be better for the horse and I can promote more research in his guts and I promote more stress. Once we stop the drug, definitely no.
1: That's really, really helpful and interesting. Um, I I want to, shift gears a little bit here now that we've gotten your perspective on um, the use of NSAIDs and on the the rules regulating um, sport horses and and move in the direction a little bit more of advice for, um, you know, trainers and riders and people who really want to do the right thing by their horses. Mm -hmm. Um, We've provided quite a bit of information and knowledge about NSAIDs good, the bad, the ugly. And so what would be your advice as, you know, a practicing veterinarian who's working with these horses day in and day out to help people make those right decisions, especially when maybe the practice that they've had, you know, over the years, it's been based more in what they've learned from, you know, their mentors and and people they've worked for rather than based on the science. Now that they're getting all this information What would be your advice to them in terms of evaluating a situation and determining whether administering NSAIDs are the right course?
2: Well, thank you, Nicole, for this question. It is clear that if you have people who have been using for 20 years a drug to give to every horse they have in their barn and thinking about, you know, hunter, jumpers of equitation horses, and they think it helps and they think the horse is doing better with these drugs, It's tough to go backwards and say, you know, maybe you should just use a drug once a week or none if the horse does look great to you or does look good to you from scratch. Unfortunately, we know in reality this is not happening. But my best advice would say, first, every horse is an individual. They have different sensitiveness, different ability to accept a drug or another. Obviously, a horse which is stressed and has regularly butes is going to have also product for his stomach, product for his belly. So you you can cope with all these uh, things that we are giving him, which doesn't make sense because then you have other problems of digestion that you have to also cope with. So you never end to give products just to keep the horse on butte or something of that sort because you create a cascade of problems. So if you are a little bit more of a horse person and respectful of your horse, my number one advice is to have your veterinarian give you a good diagnosis about what's wrong with your horse so you can find the right drug at the right time. Some NSAIDs are better for some horses, some NSAIDs are better for some other horses. Personally, if I have a horse with more like back issues, for example, I can say maybe use more kiloprofen, don't use bute. If you have a horse with joint pain, maybe butte is better. Again, This is not a recipe. It's a one-to-one discussion. It's a a more appropriate and individual um, decision to make for every horse which is involved with this type of problems. And then you know what you're looking at. The problem is today, people use this, as I said, as a recipe. The horse can have butte. Okay, let's give it butte. It's almost like if you said to yourself, I could take one Advil a day, whatever happens, to go to work, to go work out, to just sit on my bench and uh, watch my TV. Um, Because I can have Advil, I will do it. No, it's not because you can have access to it that you should do it on a regular basis. So the second advice is to avoid any abuse of these drugs because these drugs, for most of them, don't make your horse better. It is a wrong um, idea that we have in our brain that this drug can make your horse better even if it looks good. Like if your horse looks good, it looks good. It does not need to have extra drugs to feel better. There um, There is a moment where if you feel good and you take an Advil, you're not feeling better. It's not a true dope. I have, I have seen in, um, in places where there was no doping test, people trying to abuse of different drugs. If the horse is great, he's great without drugs. And you give him drugs, it's not going to be better. So that's the only thing that you have to think about. And people can say, well, maybe it's wrong when saying that because you can use you know, some special endorphins and morphinics and stuff. Yes, maybe, but you're talking about very hard drugs. We are talking right now about NSAIDs. Most of the hand that I have been using on horses which were already sound and happy and jumping well in the ring did not change them at all. So if you remember that sentence, you maybe change your mind before you put but packs on every horse you have in your barn before they go to jump the next day. That's my hope.
0: Yeah, no, 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 that's... Really, really good feedback, uh, Philippe, and I, I think that's kind of the uh, the overarching goal or the overarching theme of this podcast episode. I think if people only take one thing away from the episode, like I, I hope that's the uh, the take-home message. We, we've talked a lot about maybe some of the protocols that people do use for NSAIDs right now, some of the side effects that it can have, and I'm, I'm curious to know, when you look at NSAIDs and using them over an extended period of time, do they become less effective? Does the body adapt to them? and sort of down-regulate some of those pathways that they do affect?
2: Well, Tim, I wish I could answer this question more properly, but uh, it's only a gut feeling and feeling over looking at horses for so many years. Um, I have not been using NSAIDs enough in my life on a regular basis to answer that question. But talking to colleagues who have horses who have two grams of buttes from day one of their shows up to day 14 or day 21 when it's a three weeks showing like in Florida or in, uh, on the West coast in Thermo or wherever they go. They, they tend to tell me that if we don't have a proper, you know, horse to start the competition, these handsets, number one, does not affect really their performance. They may affect some happier life comfort, whatever you do. But I do see, as you speak, horses who don't respond to anything at the end because you start a product and you change the whole organism function, fighting himself for pain and fighting himself for inflammation. So the the guess and the science behind is, yes, with time, this efficiency will be lowered and this is not good for the horse. But in the meantime, you have created other damages. So for example, you could say, well, let's use two grams of jute for a week for this horse And because he has nebulous cells, we still give him some omeprazole. Well, the problem is you have a cascade of other inflammation that you cut that the horse cannot fight for. For example, some muscle pain. He could tie up without knowing. He could have a suspensory, which is nursing, that you cannot see. And this is not going to affect his performance at the moment. You use it for three or four days, but maybe after two weeks. So this is completely wrong anyway.
1: Yeah, that's really great points. Um, and, and one thing I just want to highlight real quickly is that um, both in this conversation and in our, our conversation with Dr. Verners, um, you know, it, it's apparent to me that there's a lot of opportunity here for for some great research so that we can have some more science to help us um, answer these questions. So if we gotta have any scientists out there, any researchers, there's a lot to unpack here. So let us know once you've... <laughs> once you've discovered new science so that we can bring you on here to talk about it. So uh, one last question that's focused a little bit more on on helping, uh, you know, equestrians navigate these questions. Um, if someone's doing a pre-purchase exam on a horse that they're looking to acquire or lease, um, and they found uh, NSAIDs in the horse's blood, should that be a red flag? Um, and how would you advise somebody in this situation?
2: Okay, so when you have a horse which is positive on a drug uh, in a pre exam, so we talk about NSAID, so we don't make it too complicated. Uh, most of the cases I have seen were the use of some uh, steroids, like uh, quick-action steroids, like dexamethasone, which is a steroid, so it's not an NSAID. And most of the NSAID I have seen were also related to bute or to um, banamine. Um, bute and banamine do stay in the bloodstream, or can be dosed and found in the bloodstream, not more than two to three days, and in the urine, way more. But on a preparture exam, when you do this testing, you take blood only. It's very rare that someone pull up urine samples when you do a pre-purchase exam.
1: I so enjoyed that conversation with Philippe, and also speaking to Dr. Werner's earlier. Um, that's for anybody who hasn't checked it out, uh, check, go back to episode 11 of the sport horse podcast. Um, Dr. Werner's tackles, uh, the conversation about enzymes from a pharmaceutical perspective, um, really, you know, research-based and helps us understand how they actually work. Um, and I think it's really good context for the conversation that we had With um, Philippe today about, you know, his perspective as a sport horse veterinarian. Um, And and that was really the goal of this series was to tackle a complex issue from different perspectives, um, and hopefully walk away feeling like we have a better understanding of the conversation as a whole. Um, for me, there's a couple major takeaways that I want to highlight. One is with everything, um, you know, NSAIDs just like everything else should be considered on a case-by-case basis. Every horse is different, every problem is different. Um, and there just isn't one, you know, standard issue um set of rules for how, when and how um to, to give your horse NSAIDs. The other that, you know, was shared by both of our guests is that inflammation does exist for a reason. So does pain. Um, And sometimes while we give NSAIDs to try and help with those issues, um, it can be, it it can do more harm than good because it masks those problems that are there. Number one, sometimes to remind the horse not to overdo it. And number two, to give us really important information about what may or may not be going on. Another point, again, that I think applies to just about everything is that NSAIDs are are good in moderation. You know, Philippe talked a little bit about sort of abusing them um, and giving them a little bit too freely. And I think um, it's really clear that when we use them in moderation and we use them with thought, they're obviously a very valuable tool to have um, to help keep our horses, you know, comfortable, help them heal and recover um, when their body isn't, isn't doing it. Um, very well on their own, or when they're having enough discomfort um, that we we want to sort of take some of that away for them. Another really important point: it's always important to consider the potential adverse effects of NSAIDs. Dr. Verner's did a really good job of explaining the difference between Cox one and Cox two inhibitors, and why some NSAIDs um, potentially could have a higher risk of of. Damaging the stomach lining, causing ulcers. Um, he talked about horses that have um, weak, poor kidney function, and why you have to be careful using NSAIDs in those horses, and also about the timing of using NSAIDs and and why you know using them close to you know high intensity exercise um, can maybe harm their recovery. Finally, uh, last couple points: uh, use in competition. You know, I think. Philippe's point today about just just because you can use something doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Um, and I think it's really valuable to think about um, his example of, you know, us as, as people, are, are we going to take Advil every day just because it's available to us and nobody's telling us that we can't take it? Maybe for some people that's yes, and that's totally fair. But I think in general, um, it's not how most people <laughs> uh, approach approach taking drugs for themselves. Obviously, there's ethical considerations. Talking, we talked a lot about masking pain versus keeping a horse comfortable. You know, masking pain, like I said earlier, um, and like both of our guests talked about. Uh, can be bad for the horse uh, just on their own, like in their stall, out in the field, forget about putting a rider on their back um, because they're not necessarily as acutely aware um, of of what might be going on and they might be more likely to then overdo it. It also takes a really important tool away from us if if we can't totally see and feel um, what's going on on any given day. But on the other hand, when a horse is truly uncomfortable, we do have a duty to them, um, you know, to sort of help them through that, and then do what we can. And last but not least, I think probably the most important point um, is that if you have questions, talk to your vet, um, make a plan, understand the diagnosis, and um, and and go from there in terms of your use of NSAIDs.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with all of those points, Nicole. I think that's a really nice overview and summary of. I think everything people should be thinking about uh, when they approach the use of and says there are almost any um, modality that they're going to use in other programs. Um, you know, I know we always talk about in the sport, how incredibly difficult it is to win. Right. And you have to enjoy those wins, but I think as well, you have to think about enjoying the process. I think that's what sport truly is about is enjoying the process, enjoying going, working with the horse every day, Um, training, trying to make it better, trying to do what's best for the athlete. And it's one of those things where NSAIDs, they do have that impact of potentially, they do mask some of those feedbacks. So it's a little bit like if you were to work on a car, Uh, I know everyone in the equestrian industry tends to identify with Formula One a little bit due to some uh, similarities. But uh, like I can't imagine like the engineers and the mechanics working on those cars and maybe making a tweak to the suspension or the steering. And then also when they're doing that, knowing that they're potentially masking some of those feedbacks, because it just wouldn't really make sense. So I I think it really needs to be thinking about when you use the, when you use an NSAID, like being very targeted with that, know that you are addressing a specific uh, issue as Philippe said, like make sure there's a diagnosis there make sure you know why you're using it. And then also have an exit strategy, know that it's, one piece in it, but it's just one of those things where I think NSAIDs mask a lot of really important information. And it's it's really, really difficult to solve those problems with your horses and to truly do what's best for them if there are things being masked. Um, we all wanna do what is best for our horses, but uh, sometimes thinking about it in the context of the human experience can be really helpful. So uh, just something to throw out there. And also think about yourself as an athlete would you be taking Advil every single day if you could, or probably not would be my guess. Um, So science really helps us to understand the impact of our decisions and hopefully empowers us to make better ones. And that's what uh, the Equine High Performance Sports Group is trying to do. So hopefully uh, today's episode puts that into a bit of context. Uh, We're just trying to educate and empower equestrians to make the best decisions possible and caring for their horses. So, uh, we just encourage you to reflect on this uh, content to go back and listen to Dr. Uh, Arno Werner's episode as well. And just to think about how does this fit into our uh, our everyday program.
1: And on that note, that's a wrap for today's episode and for our series about NSAIDs. As always, you can find the links to today's guest and the show notes at www.sporthorsepodcast.com. If you've enjoyed our podcast episodes, then the additional articles and videos that you'll find at sporthorsepodcast.com are just for you. They dive into the concepts deeper than we can do on a podcast episode, and they provide some of uh, more detail about the actual science behind the concepts, and they'll make you a better informed horseman or woman. Um, You can follow us also. Please do follow us on Instagram and Facebook at sport horse series. Um, If you love this episode, hated this episode, share your feedback with us. We want to know what you like and what you don't like so that we can um, continue to bring you the kind of content that you actually want to hear. So, like I said, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Leave a review on whatever app you use to listen to this podcast. Um, and share it with your friends leaving reviews actually makes it easier for other people to find the podcast so that's one way um, that you can really help us out you can have all 20 plus shows of the horse radio network with you wherever you go with our free app for iphone and android just go to the app store and search for horse radio network and with that here's to keeping your horses happy and healthy